0: Father, we do want to thank you for that great song we just sung about reading the Bible and trusting you and what it says. Uh, Please help us to know how this is a wonderful way and the only way to get close to you and we pray that you help us to learn from Exodus 24 and we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 24 verse 1. Then God said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. Moses alone shall come near to the Lord, but the others shall not come near, and the people shall not come up with him. Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the rules and all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. He rose early in the morning and he built an altar at the foot of the mountain and 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel. All that the Lord has spoken, we will do and we will be obedient. And Moses took the blood and threw it on the people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel went up and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. And God did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They saw God. And they ate and drank. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, that I may give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commands commandments which I have written for their instruction. So Moses rose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. And he said to the elders Wait here for us until we return (laughs) And behold Aaron and Hur are with you Whoever has a dispute Let him go to them Then Moses went up on the mountain The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai And the cloud covered it for six days And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. And Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. So I'm going to stop there for a moment, and our children go to their different groups, and we'll carry on in just a moment. Well, children have gone off. Let's uh, start again. Let me ask you a question to begin with. What is the greatest enemy known to man? If you had a guess, what would it be? What picture would you draw on the screen? Yep. Yourself? Yourself? Yeah. Could be. Uh, people who have different answers probably, they'd say, well, uh, deadly viruses, life-destroying illnesses, that's a deadly enemy. Other people might say, nasty animals. Ah, deadly enemy. And other people would say, as Ruth says, well, actually, man is man's greatest enemy. People would say that. Let me ask you, would you put God on the top of that list? But the Bible does. The Bible does. The Bible tells us. That is the greatest enemy. And we need to understand why. This passage helps us. First to see the danger. And secondly to see the way to safety. Two ways to safety. Bible, number one. Blood, number two. That's what we'll learn tonight. As the mobile phones go off. Right, okay, first we're going to look at the Bible. Now, this is where any relationship with God begins. It starts with Him speaking to us. So let's get this right. God wants a relationship with people. Okay, verse 1 tells you that He said to Moses, come up. Those are the words of someone wanting a relationship. And to have that relationship, we need these two things, blood and Bible. Bible in verse 3, because the Bible contains the words of the Lord. I know we're at the early days, this is in the second book of the Bible, this is all we've got so far, but verse 3 is a good summary of what the Bible is, just the words of the Lord. And there are words of the Lord that are written down. In verse 4, look. Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. So when you look at the book of the Bible, you are beginning to listen to the words of the Lord that are written down for us. And it's the start of getting God right, an important start. Because it starts to tell us what this God is like. Number one, He's a speaking God. Now, most people on our estate would say the God's a dumb God. Now, that's quite a nice thing to think about God in one way because it means that you can think whatever you want about God he's never going to contradict you you can say that there's no God if you want and there's going to be no contradiction you can say hey if there is a God he's okay with whatever you do with your life you can think anything you want about God because he's not going to come and speak back because he's dumb Okay, most people think that God is like that. He's got no words. The Bible tells us He is a God with words. And He speaks through those words. And one of the reasons that there is proof that there is a God is because actually there are these words that are written down that we can look and we can then start learning what this God is like. Because mainly these words are all about him they're not about us now i know as a church we've just read the ten commandments you might say okay the ten commandments is god telling me what to do no the ten commandments is telling you what god is like we're meant to ask questions so what kind of god would say stuff like this look if your mum came and said clean your room actually there's no one here his mum will come and say that they've all gone in the next room haven't they but if a child had a mum come up and say, Clean your room. That tells you, first and foremost, what kind of mum they've got. They like cleanliness and want the room clean. And so we need to understand what kind of God is speaking to us. We can find that when we look at what He's said. You with me? Yes. Now, that's really important because you see, most people use the word God. But it's a bit like an empty box okay it's a word that's empty what 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 do you mean by God I'm not sure about that but the Bible tells us that God is not an empty box and his commands will tell us what his character is like So the box begins to fill up. We understand what God's character is like. That here is someone who likes certain things and dislikes certain things. He's got a character. He's not just an empty box, he's much more than a name. There's a character that goes with him that comes across in these ways. And the other thing we need to remember is we're not just thinking about God as an empty box. We need to remember that we do not live in an empty world what I mean by that is there are other voices around telling our stuff not just God who's speaking and so right from the very word go in the very first book of the Bible you get Satan God's enemy in the Garden of Eden telling Adam and Eve don't listen to what god says listen to what i say because i'll give you exactly what you want more than god ever will and so therefore there are more than one voice that you can listen to and so therefore it's uh, important when we understand that we see why it's important For people to respond. In verse 3. All the words. The Lord has spoken we will do. As a person. Listen to those voices. What we will do is. We will listen to what God says. The alternative. Is not to say. Right okay. I'll forget what God says. I'll somehow muddle through as I am. No. It is to listen to the enemy's voice. That says. Do your own thing. Don't trust God. And essentially you're going from listening to what God says or that God says we will do to ultimately following the instructions of the enemy. That's the only choice. And notice that it's a full choice. All that God says we will do. Not just bits. Not just parts. We'll do this bit when it suits us and we won't do this bit when it doesn't. no, All that the Lord has told us we will do. God comes in his entirety and we listen and obey him fully. We need the Bible to have a relationship with God. But we also need the second thing, which is blood. Sorry, that uh, I hope isn't going to put you off your tea later. But then there is quite a lot of it, isn't there? In verse 5 and verse 6, have a look. And you'll see that uh, he sent young men of the tribe of Israel who offered burnt offerings, sacrificed peace offerings, and took half the blood, put in bases, half the blood he threw against the altar. Hey, there's a lot of blood around, isn't there? And it's very, very unusual to take blood and throw it on people. Only happens in one other place in exodus and if you want to make a note of it you can jot it down later but exodus chapter 29 and verse 20 and 21 what happens is that god takes a group of people they are going to be priests they're going to be serving god in the temple in the tabernacle and god takes aaron and his sons who are going to be priests and he dips their uh, thumbs in blood he dips their uh, Toes, the big toe in blood, and he puts blood on the, on, on the lobesayers and then he throws, sprinkles blood on their robes. Because they are going to be priests. We'll come to that in a minute. And that's the only other time in Exodus it happens. It happens one more time in the next book, which is called Leviticus, when a leper, you've got the priest. And you've got a leper. And when the leper is cleansed, there is a cleansing ceremony that lasts for a week. And at the start and at the end of the cleansing ceremony, blood is put on his clothes, on himself. And what that is telling you is that when that happens, something changes. A person's status changes. They come closer so the high priest and the priests their status changes they go from being ordinary people to being people who are able to get closer to God than anywhere else and lepers lepers were the outcasts they didn't live anywhere near people and they certainly weren't allowed in the temple but now the lepers can come close to God and enter the temple too and here this is interesting before the priests are made into special people the elders of israel are taken all 70 of them the leaders of god's people it's like the whole nation is represented and they have blood sprinkled on them and the elders are now brought into god's presence as if this nation is now going to be a special nation a special nation that reveals God to other nations. And so their status has changed. And it only happens through sacrifice. After the sacrifice has been made, the blood has been sprinkled and now they can come close. And sacrifice always points to death. The animal dies as a substitute for the person who deserves to die. So the animals die in verse 3 to protect as substitutes for the people in verse 8. And the people get the blood of the animals that died instead of them and for them and that is what keeps them perfectly safe previously they were not perfectly safe you've only got to go a couple of chapters way back to chapter 19 and let me tell you people were so scared about God because they were at this mountain and if you look at uh, chapter 19 and verse 16, you will see that uh, the mountain shook and the people shook. <laughs> the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings, a thick cloud in the mountain, a very loud trumpet blast. So all the people in the camp trembled. They knew they would die if they went onto that mountain. In fact, they were told that they would die in verse 21. meeting God is dangerous it is the most certain way of meeting your end under God's judgment and they knew that when they got to the mountain they kept off it but now those people who are trembling and scared look at them now chapter 24 verse 11 and you see the difference God did not lay a hand on the chief men, the people of Israel. They actually saw God, and they ate and they drank. This is a completely different this from trembling to calm. What a lovely picture of being close to God, mm-hmm. that you actually eat with Him. And that's exactly what we find as Hannah told us earlier, pointing the way to the Lord Jesus. The night before Jesus died, you know what Jesus did? He took bread and wine, and as he poured the wine, he said, this is my blood, there is now a new covenant, and you can eat and drink with God. That's what they did, because of the sacrifice of the cross. so it's a wonderful thing but again it's not just a a thing sorry I should have said uh, it's uh, pointed towards the cross and uh, that's where you see about uh, the meal with God that Jesus points to in the new covenant but don't think for a moment that this is just a happy time for us but it is actually for us to show the world what closeness to God is like can be like if we approach him through Bible and through blood. Now, what's that actually mean for us today? Well, first, it may mean that uh, you've never been to a church before, you're not you've never been fussed about Christian things before, you're not you maybe listening to this in tape, you've never been to church yet. What's it mean? But people do ask, don't they, how do you know if there's a God or not? The most basic question of all: How do you know if there's a God? And the answer is: Because He has spoken and His words have been written. That's what they were like in the Old Testament, but we have much more than that today. And that is why it's really important that we see that. It's not just a question of us thinking about God any way we want doing whatever we want because he doesn't object no we need to listen carefully and that means anybody who's coming close to God the number one need is humility the humility that says God from now on it's not what I say and what I think that's the big deal that's important it is what you say all that you say Is what's going to influence me from now on that's the way it's going to be my friends if you want to start a relationship with God this is exactly the conclusion you and I need to come to never mind people way back then today if you want to come close to God we've got to have the same humility that starts off by saying anything God says we will do no ifs no buts if there are ifs and buts the journey won't start but let me tell you if the journey doesn't start it's not a question of us saying okay God we're not going to listen to you it is actually I'm going to listen to your enemy I will serve his interests. I will listen to his voice that tells me not to trust your voice friends obedience with God is either going to be his way or in the opposite direction. We don't stay in the middle. So, if you're new to these things, that's just helpful for us to understand. The root of the choice is whether we will humble ourselves and listen to this God. It may be that actually we've knocked around church quite a bit and we, we, we know that um, Uh, the Bible is God's word, we can nod at that, we've probably heard pastors say that, we've been to other churches where they've said the same thing, but you know what? I think the great danger that the Bible tells us about church people is that we can nod all we like at the Bible being God's word and we should listen, but we need to remember that there was a group of people who did that in the time of Jesus and they were called Pharisees and let me tell you that while they said that they listened to the God of the Bible, mainly what they were listening to were the traditions that have been passed on to them that they've grown up with and my friends there are people who've gone to other churches and who've kind of got used to the culture of that church and what the pastor said and the particular way that those churches have operated and Ultimately, what's most influential is what they've brought out of those churches rather than what they've brought out of the Bible. And that, if you've been to a church, I can guarantee you going to be a battle for you. And like the Pharisees, you will need to say, no, I'm going to put aside the traditions I've picked up from the past and I'm going to go to all the words that God has revealed here. Because otherwise, like the unbeliever who will listen to the enemy rather than God, if they don't listen to God, then if ultimately we come from our church, the heart is going to head for the traditions of what we've come from. But what happens if you are a genuine believer? And you understand that God speaks from the Bible. You understand that God's sacrifice covers you in all your weakness and frailty. What is there here for you this week? My friend, what is here for you this week is to come to you strongly as it did with Israel in the Old Testament and that is to understand that we are to give our lives for the world to understand. First, that we have made God our enemy by the way that we live, by the way that we have ultimately said, hey, it's okay for us to make choices that God hates. We make God our enemy in the way that we live, in the run-up to understanding that and we need to help our world to understand that it's not got a neutral heart it's at war with God but yet we need to understand help people to understand their heart but also to understand God's heart which is that he wants to draw people close to him he is very gracious he is inviting come to me and come to me because i can help you to keep safe my friends our work on this estate if we are not involved in making this god known to our state frankly i mean not to our state you may not live in our state and therefore you might be living somewhere else but frankly if our life's work is not to draw other people into this closeness with god if that's not in any way, a remote passion for us, then I don't think we've come close to God ourselves. Mm -hmm. We say as a church we are disciple making disciples. In other words, the Church is not about making other other people disciples of Jesus. We are wanting people to become disciples of Jesus so that they can make other people disciples of Jesus. If you are really in the ballpark playing the game, you want to be a disciple, making disciple, rather than just a disciple. Because that is our role in life. When we are sprinkled with the blood, our status changes to show other people what God is like, not just for our own personal benefit and good and so we need to take that home take home that challenge take home that new thrust and direction in your life make it happen because this is how God works and this is part of being close to him that we should want to be like him in that desire let me stop there let me pray and let me ask God to make his, closest, his closeness known so that one day even those on our estate may eat at his table in safety. Well, I'm going to take a moment of quiet. You pray what might be important for you to remember from tonight. And after a minute, I'll pray aloud for all of us. But just a moment of quiet, and each person might pray as they would like to. But I'm going to stop, so let me pray as we finish. <clears throat> and then we'll take questions and try out some answers. Father, we do want to thank you for this time when we understand... Uh, more of you thank you for showing us that you are the God who wants relationship and yet you understand the dangers of that for us coming in front of you. And therefore we thank you that you don't leave us guessing how to keep safe, you tell us. Thank you that uh, you have put all your words down for anyone to read. And we thank you that we can get to know you this way. We thank you that it means you aren't an empty box. You're full of character. And thank you that therefore we have every reason to listen to your words with deep humility. Help us to do that, we pray. And we thank you, Father, that from the danger zone you rescue us. Through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus as a substitute who paid for the things that we have done to make you angry. Thank you that through his sacrifice we are able to come into the safety of your presence, to see you in your likeness, and to even enjoy fellowship around that heavenly banquet. Thank you for the Lord Jesus who is our safety. Thank you for the Lord Jesus who showed us that meeting in your company, in your presence was like having a meal. And thank you for the Lord Jesus who promised that those who are his people will enjoy this meal with him. The next time he'll eat it is with us in his presence. Help us to be part of that table and to want everyone we know, everyone we love, everyone we live around in our state to be part of that meal as well. Help us to live with that deep hunger and thirst motivating us in the way that we are. And we pray that for the glory of his name. Amen. Amen. <clears> Thank <throat>